0: 30 down 335 to go. This is at a theater near me. My name is Chris and this is the podcast where I go to the movie theaters every single day for an entire year have a bigger show than normal today. We're covering three days. Uh, Usually we we. I tried to cover two days, but, uh, I was away in Albany, which you hear all about here on this episode. Um, this is, this episode is gonna cover Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of, uh, of last week. Uh, and, uh, and kind of the blizzard and the ramifications of the blizzard, as far as me going to Albany and, and dealing with, with that, uh, endeavor. Uh, okay. So let's get right into it. This is gonna be a little different episode than normal where I'm gonna integrate the reviews uh kind of into the story here uh i think with three movies rather than kind of rattle off three reviews at the end uh, i think it just makes sense to kind of kind of stitch them in here and i don't think any of these movies are movies people would are running to see i will say i, I you know i'll keep spoilers out of them as well uh okay so what we're kind of do like i said chronologically here uh is i kind of tell the story of my weekend as I try to avoid uh, the snowstorm that was hitting this area. So Friday, uh, I'm in New Hampshire. Uh, They're saying could get as many as two feet of snow. It seems like Boston's the same boat. I was considering maybe going to New York City uh, as of Friday. It looks like that was also gonna get hit pretty hard. I also considered going to Syracuse, which is further out, obviously, further west than Albany. Uh, But it seemed like the snow wouldn't go that far. So I decided to go with Albany and then my plan was, all right, if I go to Albany, then um, if Albany is, you know, blizzard conditions there are really bad. I'll just keep going west until I find a theater that's open. That was kind of the plan. So Friday, I was going to see a movie as early as I could, the earliest matinee I could in New Hampshire, and then uh, I could get on the road to Albany as quickly as possible. So Friday uh, morning, one of the first movies being shown in my general area that I haven't already seen was The Tiger Rising. I'm going to say right off. So I went to O'Neill cinemas in Epping. I think it's the sixth or seventh time I've been there now. They just have the earliest matinees. I don't have any plans to go there anytime soon, but who knows? They're kind of the, uh, you know, I say, get out of jail free card, but they are, they are the easiest place for me to go to that has the earliest matinees. The problem with O'Neill though is, and basically the problem this entire weekend is it does hurt my budget because, you know, Regal in Newington is just as far away from me. So it's the you know, same distance, but... I have the unlimited regal card. So it's, you know, it's free basically for me to go. It's already paid for it for me to go to the regal cinemas. So going to O'Neill is not ideal, uh, but yet they are the theater that once January is over, it'll be the theater I've gone to the most. So that's, that's disappointing. It's something I definitely need to work on in February, but okay. So I go and see the tiger rising. I'm going to say right off the bat, this is not only the worst movie that I've seen in this, in this journey here, this is one of the worst films I've ever seen in a movie theater i've always said the worst movie I ever saw in a movie theater uh, was johnny mnemonic it's the canter reeves movie uh came out in the the late mid to late 90s I, I actually walked out of that I, like, I think Dolph lundgren is in that but two-thirds in i'm like this is just i think i just went to the arcade and played nba jam uh i'm like i i'd rather do anything else but watch this movie that is the worst movie I've ever seen in the theater. It's the only time I've ever walked out. I, for the sake of this exercise, I, I'm not going to walk out of any films, obviously. So, I, you know, me and Tiger Rising, were in it for the long haul here. But this was a phenomenally har- horrible film. So I was, once again, the only person in the theater. So this was now back-to-back movies. So remember, I'd just seen A King's Daughter, which got an F for me. Tiger Rising, also going to get an F for me. We have to figure out what we're going to call this i don't know if should we call it should be called like the f troop that's an actual tv show or like the f team like the opposite of the A team or the f club so if anyone has a creative idea for like what we should call movies that get an f I, i'm all i'm all on board for that um so tiger rising and the king's daughter are the two you know two f the f's of this uh this trip so far tiger rising is worse than King's Daughter, King's Daughter would, would get an F+, plus. Tiger Rising, was just straight up out. I mean, like just a, atrocious, atrocious film. So I go in there and I'm the only person in there again. I was the only person uh, in Watertown to see a King's Daughter. And like, I started to like, <laughs> I started to kind of like question my sanity a little bit. Cause like being in a dark room all by yourself, back to back days, and then knowing that I'm gonna then immediately then, once it's over, grab my wife and then go to Albany, like of all places, like, Like, what, like, you definitely, like, I know, obviously, this whole thing is ridiculous. I understand all that. But it was, like, it really hit me. Like, like, like a locomotive a little bit. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, this is, I'm completely alone again. And I kind of snapped during, like, this movie a little bit. Like, the movie was playing, and it was so terrible, and there's no one there. And I just started, like, talking back to the screen. I was like, what are you doing? Or you're so stupid. Or I was, like, yelling at the characters. The point of the movie was it was two children who discover a... They're in Florida. Uh, so it's kind of like a... Uh, and one of the boys lives in a motel. So it's a little like The Florida Project. Uh, except that movie is very, very, very good. And this movie is very, very, very bad. And uh, these two These two kids find a tiger in their backyard. So it's a little bit like Life of Pi as well, which is also a a very good movie, which this movie is not. Uh, So it's almost like Life of Pi meets Florida Project and then like a dirty diaper. Like combine those three things and you get the tiger rising, if you will. Two kids find a tiger in their backyard. Uh, One of the kids, uh, his mom just died. And uh, so they live in a motel uh, in that's the motel I referenced with the Florida project. There's a woman there who works the motel It's played by Queen Latifah, who actually is not bad. She does a decent job. She's the only person in this movie that a can act And then B gives like a pretty grounded performance considering. She was also one of the producers on this movie, which uh, we'll get into in a second here. This movie had a little controversy regarding it. And then Dennis Quaid plays the motel owner. Dennis Quaid is so horrible in this movie. And I like Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid's a perfectly fine actor. I get it. He's like, you know, uh, I wouldn't even say partucket. He's like, you know, the Lowell spinners, Tom Cruise, like good looking guy can kind of, can do a little drama, can do a little action, but yet isn't like great at anything. Um, He's just kind of, Decent to good, you know, as peak uh, at, at a little everything. He can even do a little comedy, like with Interspace. He can do a little bit of, of everything. just nothing really well. And this movie, he just, it's, it's awful. It is so bad. And I don't know, because I mean, I just saw Dennis Quaid as Dick Vermeule in um, American Underdog as the Kurt Warner movie, and he was fine in that. Dennis Quaid always is, is pretty decent. So I almost wonder if this is uh, the fault of the director. I'll put all the blame here on the director. It's, the guy's name is Ray, I'm going to mispronounce it, Girantana. Now, this is the first movie he's directed, which is not a surprise. It's also the first movie that he wrote, which is not a surprise. He is a visual effects artist. He's done visual effects supervising for Life Aquatic with Steve Zizu, which had interesting effects. He uh, worked on uh, Captain America Civil War, which I understand had some great effects in it. Godzilla King of the Monsters. So he was a visual effects supervisor, second unit. So he wasn't even doing the first unit visual effects, but regardless, he seems to have a decent career in the visual effects medium. Having said that, with this movie, this is, not only that, but the effects are not very good, which is bizarre. You'd think the effects would be amazing. They're not. Another uh, element of this movie that's uh, the controversy regarding it is that they guess the producers didn't pay the crew. Like, I, I guess this was, uh, when they were shooting this, uh, some crew members were complaining they weren't getting paid, uh, I guess before and even after filming the movie. A uh, Hollywood Reporter put that out there in November. This movie, is, but this movie is just amazingly terrible. Plot lines don't go anywhere. Uh, you have uh, Catherine McPhee plays the mom that, that died of cancer you see her in flashbacks. Uh, and, sh- and she's fine, but, like, for instance, like, the family seems to be doing pretty well, like, I would say middle class. And then all of a sudden, they're, you know, the father and son are destitute living in this motel with no explanation of, like, why are they so poor, what happened? The ending of this movie is so bizarre and terrible. It's almost like this really this is a perfect mystery science theater. 2,000 movie. This is a perfect movie to, you know, yell back at the screen and shit on, uh, with your buddies. Uh, I can definitely, I can definitely recommend this movie if you want to just like, you know, if it's on, on streaming on Netflix sometime and you want to just like get drunk with your friends and just shit on something. This is a perfect movie for that. There's hard to find a worse movie in theaters than tiger rising. I, I you know, something like battlefield earth, you know, Leonard part six. Um, you know, those movies are, are worse than this, but this is one of the worst. It's not the worst movie I've ever paid money to see it at a theater. Uh, so, you know, the only good news about it was, was pretty short. Another reason I went and see it was only 102 minutes. No, it's not, you know, terribly short, but it's compared to the next movie I see. So at that point then, you know, I grabbed my wife, we jumped in the car and we head, uh, to Albany. So the drive there, uh, no real snow at all on Friday. Uh, and we ended up, Getting our hotel at the Hilton Garden Inn. That's where we stayed for the two nights. The Hilton Garden Inn is this was uh, on the SUNY side of Albany. If you're familiar with Albany, this room we came at 250 dollars total, so 125 a night. It's after taxes, and uh, you get what you pay for. All right? This is this was the most basic room imaginable. Like it had, it was nothing was wrong with it, and it had nothing good about it. It was it was neutrality. In a hotel room the hotel itself was so basic so it even it had a pool uh and a hot tub but the hot tub was broken like every single like it was you know it had a yin and yang to every element of it but the room itself was fine look it did the job it, you know 250 you know i'm already way i'll get into the expense report at the end of this episode i'm already way over budget the budget is fucked for january for sure so look it did the job it was comfortable enough it was fine can't recommend it you know scale one to ten it is the epitome of the number five uh but we did have a great dinner we went to 677 prime i did not include dinners meals as part of the budget um i only included the hotel and the gas uh but the uh meals were uh the meals were actually pretty good in albany uh the restaurants we, we went to were pretty good and the highlight was the 677 prime this was the best steak i've had since uh last summer i was at i went to um Peter Luger's. We went to New York City for uh, for a week, and uh, Peter Luger's is, in my opinion, still the best steakhouse I've ever been to. Fantastic steak, uh, great experience. You can't go wrong with Peter Luger's. Uh, It's my probably my favorite restaurant. So this was the best uh, steak I've had since then. Uh, It was this is it was a nice place. They had great sides, they had good desserts, but the steaks themselves were very good. Uh, very good service, fantastic. If you're in the Albany area, I don't know if a lot of people are. A few people actually did reach out when I said I was going to Albany and made some recommendations of some theaters and stuff. So I appreciated that. Uh, but 677 Prime is a, uh, it's, it's a fantastic steakhouse. So if you're in that area, check them out. Uh, okay, so the next day I wake up and there is quite a bit, there is snow on the ground. Uh, nothing like that I think that you folks ran into later in the day, but. There was a good like three to four inches on the ground and it was still snowing. And like, I definitely had a moment of panic. This is like, say 9 a.m. on on Saturday. I'm like, fuck. like, all right. So, you know, by by about 1030 though, you could see the snow was really starting to turn more into flurries. And I'm like, all right, this seems pretty manageable. But now I'm just worried like, all right, well, what if these movie theaters got panicked because, you know, there's so much talk, you know, New York City, Boston, all the major media markets are hyping up this storm. Is Albany going to like kind of follow suit and just close everything down because there's so much media hype about it? Uh, So I called up the theater. I was going to the Spectrum 8. It looks like they had their first showing about noon. So around 11.50, I gave them a call and it went right to voicemail. So I was definitely nervous. Now, a mile and a half from where we were staying was a mall, The Re- uh, I'm sorry, the Colony Center Mall. This is a, a very large mall. Uh, it's a 1.3 million square foot mall. Um, there's a bunch of malls in Albany. So I'm like, let's go check out that, that mall, because that mall has a theater that we're gonna go into Sunday, but worst case scenario, we could go Saturday and Sunday there if we had to. I just wanna make sure that at least one theater is open. So we drove over there uh, and went to that mall and checked it out. And sure enough, that theater was open. So a huge sigh of relief. So I'm like, all right, so we'll still keep our plans and check out this, this Spectrum 8 theater we're going to later in the day to go see the movie, Drive My Car. But at least I know, all right, peace of mind, there is at least a theater near me that is open and, and, and I can go check it out. So uh, sure enough, at 3.30, we head over to uh, the Spectrum 8 um, it's the Landmark Theater Spectrum 8. So Landmark Theaters is the same place I go to in Cambridge. Uh, this theater, and that's one of my favorite theaters I've been to, and this theater couldn't be more different, but that's not, I'm not being negative at all. Uh, this is a, a really old school theater that also does a fantastic job. This is one of my favorite theaters that I've been to on this trip. When you drive in, they, uh, they have parking in the back, so that's super convenient park right there, walk right in. They have a really cool art deco marquee. That's really old school. And even though they only have eight theaters, they had something like 16 movies playing because they keep swapping them in and out. So people have a really wide variety of movies to pick from, which I love. And I know that's what CinemaSan was trying to do. Any theater that kind of goes above and beyond, instead of just having Spider-Man play on, you know, half of your screens and, and just kind of, I don't know, kind of just checking those boxes. You could tell the people that operate this theater really care about movies, and they went out of their way to bring in movies like Drive My Car, some other independent or foreign films, and maybe only play them once a day. But hey, it's an opportunity to see a movie that you can't find anywhere else. I think that's really admirable. I guess this theater opened in 1983. It's in a residential area, which is awesome. Like, I'm, I think it'd be really cool if you lived across the street or right near there you could run and go see a different movie every night. I, I Kind of like what I'm doing, more or less. I mean, it, it seems like the people that, like I said, the people that operate it really care about movies. I, I wish somebody like this was closer to me. Uh, this is one of my favorite things I saw in Albany, and I had a good time in Albany, but th- this was a really, really, really neat place. I put some pictures on Twitter. Uh, they keep that 1983 type atmosphere in there. So like, for instance, when you walk into the different theaters, uh, instead of just having like a, a basic signer, obviously a lot of it's digital now, letting you know, all right, and Theater 8 is whatever, uh, you know, the King's daughter, they'll have it be a marquee. So like, they'll have the actual, like, you know, letters put up there, uh, with the, with the backlit sign there. I think that's so awesome. Like little touches like that are, are just unique. And you only find in these, unfortunately you only find nowadays in these smaller, I don't want to say locally operated cause obviously the landmark theaters is thing, but you can tell this, you know, this is, uh, uh operated by people that are not corporate. Uh, It definitely didn't have any of that feel. Now, the seats weren't super comfortable. They were older seats. This theater was opened, like I said, in 1983. I wouldn't say those seats are from 1983, but they're you know, certainly not from, you know, the last 10, 15 years, I don't think. And then right next door to it are two uh, restaurants, one of which we checked out. Uh, there was two storefronts down I think it was called the kitchen table. And that was a, we had a really good meal there. So we went dinner and a movie. I mean, a movie and a dinner for us, I guess, but, uh, you know, it was a perfect date night. Um, and the meal was very good. Uh, service was fantastic. I guess one of the bars at this. Uh, restaurant i went to the bar there is from the 1939 world's fair so like it's a lot of like i don't know on this like one block i just felt like there's a lot of history and a lot of unique culture and albany had a lot to offer i really walked away really impressed with albany i i had only been there once uh for work i went to a a, a trade show there basically uh i was uh, working in software and there was a bunch of different software companies there and it was fine i was i, I didn't really explore very often i was only there for like three days and kind of in and out and i, I was Living in New York city at the time and I just went back to the city uh, and I didn't think much about it, but I also didn't put a lot of effort into kind of exploring where I think this time I, I put a little more effort in because of the nature of this project. And I walked away thinking Albany was a pretty neat place. I, I've been to a lot worse towns, a lot more boring towns. Albany has a population of a hundred thousand people. One thing that's really interesting about it is it has the exact same demographics as uh, the country, I guess, no municipality, no large municipality in America. Mirrors the demographics of this country like Albany does. So, you know, what percentage of minorities or, you know, how the minorities break out. I guess basically. Like I said uh albany is a is a mirror of of this country and you kind of see that with some of the unique restaurants they have there and the unique neighborhoods you drive like a few blocks over and like the whole architecture kind of changes it's a really interesting town i, I know albany is pretty cool I, I i did not expect to like albany as much as i did uh i we, i went there you know we went there as kind of a you know pull in case of you know break glass in case of emergency type situation and i walked away having a really good weekend in fact we had more fun this weekend than we did the weekend before when we were in Boston, we had, we know, obviously Boston's huge and Boston has a lot to offer. I'm not sitting on Boston, but we had better meals and, and a better overall experience in Albany than we did in Boston. Now like I said, obviously next time I go to Boston, that completely could change. Cause Boston, like I said, has, has so many different things that, that, that they can present. But at least for these one, two, these two weekends, at least Albany is pretty great. Um, so I saw drive my car, which was not great. So this is a movie that's getting a lot of critical buzz. Uh, there's a lot of talk. It could win. It might even win best foreign film with the Oscars. There's even some talk potentially it could even sneak in for an Oscar nomination. I don't think that's going to happen, but there's some talk. It could look, I mean, I could pretend it's this, it, this great piece of work. Cause everyone else is saying, I'm not going to do that. It's three hours long it's incredibly slow. It's plotting. There are some interesting scenes. Uh, I will say the performances are very good. Uh, including, uh, I'm going to mispronounce the name. I'm sorry. Hidetoshi Nashijima is the lead. He's very good. There's some interesting discussions and thoughts about grief or about guilt or how do we move on from death uh and how do we move on from people who might betray us how do we deal with that emotionally how do we deal with things when we're not able to express our anger at somebody and then they're gone and then we're kind of just left with the anger how do do we move on from that and those are all really interesting themes and this movie does a good job with those it also spends an hour you know an hour and a half of this three hour movie is you're seeing rehearsals of a of a play And it's a checkoff play. It's not even like a modern play. It's, you know, I don't know if I need to see, I I think there's at least five like script read throughs. You're not even watching the rehearsals. You're watching them like read, like just do the script read throughs. Like this happens over and over and over again. It's a, it's almost like intentionally boring you to death. Uh, So I'm going to give this movie a C. It does a lot of things. Well, it does a lot of things that are incredibly boring. If you're not the kind of person that's like, ah, I don't know if I have a great attention span or "Ah, I don't know if I really want to sit through a three hour movie. Uh, then this is a huge miss. I can't recommend this to anyone. I mean, this is not this is not why I go to movies. I go to movies to it, it, movies need to be entertaining. It's it, it's great to have these these heavy themes, and it's great to kind of delve into them. And there are some scenes that are brilliant. in This movie, but then you can't then like you know also slow everything down to the point where we're watching a fourth or fifth script read through. It, it doesn't work. Uh, so can't recommend Drive My Car. Uh, like I said it's getting a C for me. It is still the best movie this weekend. Though. From from there uh, we went. Uh, We went went to dinner and the next morning we got up and caught one of the earliest movies we could see. I thought of, so I know when I last talked to you, I said I was gonna see that Rifkin's Wedding uh, movie. I wanted to go to a different theater. So I I was like, I don't wanna go back to Spectrum. I've already been there. I wanted to check out a different theater. I'm like, when else am I gonna be in Albany? So I went to the Regal Colony Center. So this was in that mall I mentioned earlier. This is a uh, 1.3 million square foot mall that was built. uh, I think it's built in the eighties, but this theater was opened in 2008. It's a 13 screen, uh, 2800 seat theater. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty large. It, it looks like it takes up a good chunk of the third floor or at least where, where we were in the third floor. Uh, this mall is massive. Um, there's a bunch of malls in Albany. Oh, there's a bunch of malls. And then it has a bunch of highways and any time you're in Albany, you're 10 minutes away from anything else. Like wherever you need to go next is at least 10 minutes away. I feel like everything in Albany is like 10 to 20 minutes away, no matter where you are, and then you have to go on like four highways to get wherever you need to go it's a very straight, it's a very oddly laid out, uh, city. Uh, but for this sake, this was a pretty basic movie theater that you'd find in a mall. Maybe a little bigger than most, um, because it was built in 2008. You had stadium seating, but you didn't have the you know luxury recliners. Uh, one thing about Spectrum, they had natural, they used real butter in their popcorn. The concessions were great. The soda was fantastic. The popcorn was great. It was a really enjoyable experience at the Regal Colony Center. It's the most basic, bland. You know, it's just like you see in any other Regal, which I know they don't pretend to be anything they're not. It is what it is. The screen was fine. The sound was fine. I didn't, it just didn't feel anywhere near as special as it was at Spectrum 8. Uh, but I guess they don't pretend to be, they, they, they're just your mall movie theater. That's a very big mall, very big movie theater. So I saw the movie Redeeming Love, which was absolutely horrible. This was another atrocious film. Uh, this is going to get a D minus from me. This is worse than Venom. This movie is directed fairly well, actually, bizarrely. DJ Caruso is the director here. He's directed a few, uh, he's directed some episodes of The Shield. Um, he directed Triple uh, X, uh, Return of Xander Cage. directed Two for the Money. Uh, that's a movie with Al Pacino and Matthew McConaughey. I saw that. It's, it's pretty bad. He also directed Disturbia uh, with, with Shia LaBeouf. Um, that made over a hundred million dollars, so he's had some success. He's he, he's done some things, uh, and, and you can tell us it's fairly professionally directed. I didn't think the performances were that terrible. It's this is the the problem is the story. This is written by Francine Rivers, who is a born again Christian uh, novelist. Uh, she al- she also helped write the screenplay, and this is about a prostitute that gets um, saved by a farmer. A farmer goes into the brothel, doesn't want to have sex with her, just simply says, I want to marry you and take you home, which is bizarre and weird. And then it's uh, kind of a, a gross love story because now you have this guy who lives 20 miles from town that basically bought this prostitute from the whorehouse and now she's a really damaged woman who has a lot of problems. And now he's like, "Well, I'm just gonna win you over with my love. Now that you're trapped here in the farm with me, and you're gonna, you know, you can." And she says, "Well, I don't want to leave until I pay back your debt." And he's like, "All right, then you can work in the farm." So it's like the two of them are operating this farm. She has some major trauma issues, some major her child. Tra- they keep showing flashbacks of her life, and every flashback is worse than the one before it. No, like one flashback is her mother's dying. The next flashback is she sold the prostitution. The next flashback is she's, you know, uh, basically a child sex slave. It's just the most, I'm um, atheist slash agnostic. So I'm obviously not the market for this film. Uh, and I don't watch a lot of these heavy duty um, Christianity based movies. And I guess through a lot of these, just from kind of reading some of the reviews of this and kind of reading more into the genre is that they put the main characters through this like awful, like basically for whole first and act and half the second act is like hell for these characters. They just put them through the worst things possible. So I guess when the redemption is at the end, it's that much more powerful, I guess instead it's just the story is really disturbing and gross to me. And it's not just because the religious stuff. For religious stuff, I wouldn't, you know, there was some religion, religious undertones with American Underdog, the Kurt Warner movie I'm referencing again here. And I think that I dealt with it in a more natural way. This felt really forced. Also, I find with some of these movies, and it's true with the Kurt Warner movie to some extent too, but, you know, anytime I've seen some of these movies when it's heavily based in Christianity is, is a main driving force in the plot, I mean, it's fine if people are Christians, but when it becomes that's a major part of the plot, these characters just are so one note. You know, the good characters are all good. The bad characters are all evil. And there's no middle ground. And when you have characters that are just one or the other and there's no complexity, it also, like, doesn't feel very real or lived in. It feels like you're watching a cartoon. And I don't know why these movies can't be a little bit more complex or interesting. You know, the only time you'll see a character kind of change his... his his stripes or at least become you know a bad character becoming good becoming a little more good when he finds christianity he'll become uh you know a better human being but outside of that happening these people aren't very good and maybe we we're playing the christianity card a little bit it was it was bizarre to see it front and center throughout the entire movie and like i said you know this was if, if that was the only only movie that's fine I just, the rest of the movie was just so weak. And it's, it's a shame because you had some, like I said, you had some decent performances. Abigail Cohen plays the lead here, a very difficult role to play. She's a prostitute that gets, you know, I don't want to say kidnapped, but gets uh, taken in by this farmer, bought by this farmer. Played by Tom Lewis, it's, I think, one of his first roles. He, he's definitely the weak link here. But then you have like, famka jansen who's a very good actress she's a small part here i don't know why she isn't in more of the movie she's fantastic she's always very good and then eric dane is in this and, and he's in that show euphoria right now i know he's been in Grey's anatomy i think he does a really good job he plays the bad guy here and, and he's pretty good too this was filmed in south africa which i find unusual is supposed to take place in the west but it actually i don't know it's filmed in, in cape town south africa it's pretty interestingly shot with some of the landscapes they use. So I don't know if that was necessarily a bad choice. Uh, so, I mean, look, this isn't an F. This isn't as bad as The Tiger Rising, uh, but this movie is is fairly terrible. Uh, this, I said, this is, you know, you had the movies I've been watching lately, man, The King's Daughter, this, uh, The Tiger Rising. I feel like I've been like backed almost, I know Drive My Car is missing the other two, but I feel like it's been a, just an awful run of movies. And I'm sure a lot of it is because these movies have been sitting on a shelf for a very, in some cases, very long time, or these are movies that may never have touched going to theaters. So for instance, with uh, The King's Daughter that had been sitting there on a shelf for seven years, they put it out because they have nothing else to put out there right now. They don't want to put out a movie that has a high budget or something they really believe in because they ha- the studios have no confidence in this box office right now. So uh, a movie like King's Daughter ends up being released because they have nothing else to put out something like Redeeming Love or The Tiger Rising, these are movies that likely would have gone, you know, right to video on demand or right into a streaming service. These movies never would ideally have touched a a, a wide release or any sort of release in a box office. But they have nothing else to do. Universal Pictures put this out because they just have no other option and they don't want to risk uh, on a major uh, movie, I saw what happened with Morbius. Like, you know, they don't want to uh, actually put out a movie that has a, uh, a real chance succeeding and then having it Know drop dead at the box office, uh, in this this current landscape that we're in right now with COVID. Uh, they put out the GameStop. We'll talk next time I talk to you folks uh, on Wednesday. We'll talk about the GameStop uh, documentary that came out. Uh, that movie did a like amazingly hard. I think it made eighty thousand dollars, something like that. Which is just, I mean, I didn't get a wide release. It was only in a, you know a few hundred screens, but still, that's like hard to comprehend. Like that's such a small number. So. They see a movie like Sing 2 make, you know, $130 million. And, you know, that probably would have tripled had it come out, you know, three years ago. Or maybe would have you know, tripled his box after coming out three years from now? I don't know. Who knows? But this is probably the worst time to release a movie you have a lot of confidence in right now, unless it's called Spider-Man. At least right now. I mean, we'll see what happens. We have Jackass coming out soon. And we have a few other movies coming out in February. I think there's five new releases coming out total the next two weeks. I think there's three next week and then two the week after. So someone is going to get put to the test here. You know, the, the GameStop shit is going to end at least for for a couple weeks. So we can kind of really test this box office. Because Scream isn't doing that badly. It's not doing well, comparatively maybe how it should do. But it's certainly not doing that, that bad. It's not doing insanely horrible. Like I said, we'll talk more box office when uh, I talk to you guys on Wednesday. Okay, let's talk. Uh, then I drove home, uh, we drove home, no problems there. Got home, luckily the plow guy came, plowed the driveway. Ran out of the car, shoveled the walkway a little bit, uh, shoveled the uh, the our side deck a little bit, and then boom, we're in the house. I'll dig the other car out tomorrow. That's tomorrow's problem. I'll throw on a podcast and, and just start shoveling away. But really glad we went to Albany. I... Uh, I think we would have been fucked if we stayed here. I know all of the nearby AMCs, all the nearby regals were all closed. I I checked my phone, uh, when we were in Albany and nothing was open at all that Saturday. I know the O'Neill cinemas, when I was leaving O'Neill's on Friday, I walked by and they were putting up a sign saying that they were going to be closed on Saturday. So there were certainly no options near me that would have been open. And so now we're talking about driving, you know, an hour, two hours, maybe even more than that in a blizzard to get to a theater. It just made sense to leave town. So really happy we did. We had a great experience in Albany. So all in all, really happy we, we made that trip uh, was definitely made all of this a lot easier in a way. But one thing it did do was completely fuck over the budget. So between gas, the $250 for the hotel, uh, we're now up to uh, 11 $1, dollars total budget uh, for the month. Um, we still have a day left. So that's 37 dollars and 30 cents a day if you remember the last time i think i talked to you guys that was about ten dollars more a day than we were so that brings us now if we did that every day to thirteen thousand six hundred dollars so remember the budget's supposed to be ten thousand so the fact that we're up over thirteen thousand is terrible we need to do a better job in february hopefully we won't have any snow there are some rumors of a snowstorm on friday i'm keeping my eye on that i don't know what's happening it's obviously really far out One of the apps I look at for weather is called dark sky and that had a really uh, negative (laughs) negative being a lot of snow uh, weather report for that Friday. So I'm keeping an eye on that other, Places are saying completely the opposite. So um, something to watch, but not going to worry about weather next time I talk to you guys because we're going to be back on Wednesday. So I think that should be an interesting show. Talk about the box office report. Talk about the upcoming schedule. And then I'm going to be seeing Belfast on Monday. And then Tuesday, I'm going to um, the IMAX in Boston Common. Going back to that Boston Common, uh, the one I saw, uh, the tragedy Macbeth Macbeth. And going to see Dune in IMAX. I haven't been in any IMAX at all this entire trip. So that's how I'm going to start February off on February 1st. And I'll have a report for you guys on Wednesday morning. I will talk to you folks then.